The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Big Bets here on Vista Dave Ross and Mall Shaw coming to you from South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hour number one, I thought a pro tip that you gave out, which was a really good one. When you're playing some of those big numbers mm-hmm. and you might not want to lay it for the game, say with an Alabama or an Ohio State, not necessarily this week with Ohio State and Notre Dame, but Bama specifically, some of those first half numbers are better to lay with the bigger teams yeah. because sometimes they will call off the dogs in the second half. Absolutely right. And we saw the numbers the last couple of years get adjusted drastically. Let's say Bama's laying 42. You'd see a 21. Now it's gone to 24 and a half, maybe 26, 27. Mm-hmm. It's changed drastically. And by the way, Glenn Mason, it's Ohio State. I just want to let you know. Wow, boy, that's a shot way back when his Minnesota days. Well, he'd always come on the Big Ten number and be like, Ohio State. I'm like, come on, come on, Glenn. You went to school there. You're a captain. Come on. Boy, miss those days at May. They, they actually Minnesota was playing pretty good football back then. Uh, that was our pro tip for for hour number one. I'm going to do one an hour, and again, they're all available as a Veasan Pro subscribers only at Veasan.com. You can sort them out uh, by show, by sport, however you want to do it. I'm going to get you those at least 20 pro tips a day throughout the day's programming here at Veasan. Uh, let's bring in Frank Schwab. He's of course an NFL and sports betting analyst for Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, great to have you on here. I cannot believe that one week from right now, we're going to have week number one of the NFL. Why don't we start there and maybe some of your overall tips here uh, that are out on the Pro Football Betting Guide. When you look at week one, we've seen the bills now as the summer has gone. The number has grown here. Now I'm seeing two and a half. You might even get some threes out there. How do you handicap that game number one? 
You know, I'm going to be contrarian. I know the world's on the Bills, and I, I love the Bills. I think they they could have a special season in them. But you're going to give me three points with the Rams at home when they raise the banner. It's still a very, very good Rams team. I, I, look, could the Bills just get over on them and, and blow them out? Yeah, they could happen. They're that good. But, again, I just think the market has swung too much on this. Everybody's in love with the Bills. Bills are a great team. But the Rams at home raising the banner – Crowd's going to be excited. Still a very, very good team. I don't have questions about Stafford's elbow anymore. I think he's going to be fine. So I'm going to, I've been waiting for that number to get the three. And once it does, I'm going to pounce on the Rams. Frank, great to have you back in the mix. I'm going to give you the one-time shout-out on Wisconsin. Looking forward to Bucky Badger this year. And uh, But I'll tell you what, good news, you won't have to worry about Colorado or Colorado State. You can already get ready for conference playing college hoops with those two teams. I want to ask you, though, got to take some shots at my hey, guy yeah, here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. listen. Um, but I, I want to ask you about a game on Sunday. This is really intriguing to me, and I think this line is wrong by half a point so far, and it should go up. Miami lane two and a half home, at home against New England, who has traditionally struggled in South Florida. Mm-hmm. We're still going to be in a humid factor in terms of weather. Early September, this Dolphins team right now in a crucial spot, got to get a division game. And look, the winner of this game has a great chance. And to your point about the Rams, and I agree with you, to be in first place. And I know you say, what, who cares? It's one of 17. But you know what? In the NFL, there's not a lot of margin for error. You've got to win every game. You've got an opportunity. You get a division game against a division opponent at home. I think it's a vitally important game for Miami. I like them here. How do you see this? I, I You know, I went from, honestly, being on the other side and just a total layoff for me on this okay. game. The Patriots, the, the Patriots are a team I think is underrated because – we remember how last year ended with them getting blown up by the Bills in the playoffs. But this was a really good team last year. We, When they won that game in Buffalo when it was 80-mile-an-hour wins or whatever and they ran it 37 straight times, they were in first place at the AFC East ahead of the Bills, a team we all love. And this was in December of last year. And because they stumbled down the stretch with a young quarterback and all that, we've just totally given up on the Patriots being a good team. Now, I will say, seeing them play in the preseason has me worried. No question. I mean, you look at that Raiders game. And they're playing their starters against Raiders backups. It's not like the Raiders starters are that good on defense. Their backups sure aren't. And they look terrible on offense. So I've gone from, hmm, I'm not exactly trusting the Patriots offense where it is right now. You might be on the right side here with the the Dolphins. Absolutely. But I don't trust the Dolphins either, to be honest with you. I don't know (laughs) that they're quite ready. The right side of their line's a mess. We don't know what Tua is. We don't know how Tyreek is going to mesh with him. I, I just don't. I just want to stay away from this game. Kind of get a get an idea of the who these two teams are going into week two. It'll be a layoff for me because I was on the Patriots, but now I'm scared off. It, Dave Frank is correct. Uh, it's not that I believe in the Dolphins. I just thought when I got it at two and a half, it was a good play. I mean, <laughs> right, we get really the better the number than yeah, that yeah, exactly. three too. Uh, there are a couple small home dogs, gentlemen, that I'm looking at closely. And Frank, I want to get your thoughts on one of those games. And I thought it was interesting. Them all, you know, you talk about certain teams that can maybe stumble out of the gate that you're not as concerned about. I would be concerned about Minnesota if they stumble out of the gate against Green Bay. They're getting a point and a half. I want to play a money line here, Frank. Am I on the wrong side? Because I do feel like Green Bay can rebound from an earlier season loss. But Minnesota, they really need it for their self-esteem, if you will. I love Minnesota in the spot. It's probably my favorite play of week one uh, because, look, the Packers, look, I go back. I, I was a Packers fan growing up. Packers always struggle in Minnesota. It's always a hard road trip for them. And now you have week one where the Packers, I think, are going to be trying to figure themselves out in this post-Devontae Adams world and what their offense is going to be and all that kind of stuff. The Vikings have the element of surprise here. Kevin O'Connell showed nothing in the preseason. Absolutely nothing. The Packers go into this game blind. And this is Matt LaFleur. I actually respect Matt LaFleur. A lot of people don't. I think he's a great coach. But 
how do you even prepare for this coaching staff? You have no idea what they're going to throw at you. I think that element of the surprise of Minnesota is there. They're going to play well at home. They're going to be fired up. I, I really like Minnesota in this spot. I think they win. Again, my, my favorite play of week one so far. Um, yeah, absolutely. Vikings money line here. I, I like the Vikings in general going into the season. I think they could be a surprise team. And this spot is just excellent for them. Absolutely. Minnesota all day in week one. All right. Well, I told them all before the show, when our experts agree with where my line of thinking is, then I feel better about the play, Frank. I want to see if I can go two for two for you with, with you real quickly. And it is the Dallas Cowboys. Same number. They're getting a point and a half at home against the Bucks. I love this play until Tyron Smith got hurt, which was felt like an inevitability. Uh, how do you handicap it now knowing Tyron Smith is out? But it feels like the Bucks got a lot of issues up front as well. Yeah, we can't ignore the Bucks issues. And let's not ignore Chris Godwin. We don't even know if he's going to play in week one. And he's a huge part of what they do. Russell Gage has been on the shelf for them, too. We don't know if he's going to play in week one. We'll see when the injury reports come out. It's funny that when Brady went on his sabbatical and you know, Todd Bowles is talking about, we don't know when he's going to be back. I jumped on Dallas. I'm like, okay, if something weird goes on and Brady isn't there for week one, I don't want to lose this line. I don't want it to be Dallas minus eight. And then Tyron Smith goes out, and it's like, oh, okay. I, I'm regretting that play a little bit, but not completely. The, like, is The Buccaneers have their issues, too. Dallas has their issues. But I think Dallas is underrated coming into the season. Everybody got on me. I had the Cowboys rank fifth in my power rankings. They're going to move down after a Smith injury. But I just think everybody's forgetting how good Dallas was last year. Yeah, they lost to the 49ers in the playoffs. 49ers are a really hot team. The Cowboys, number one in DVOA at the end of last year. I respected what the Cowboys were. Good on offense, good on defense. I just think the Cowboys are really underrated and catching points at home. I'll, I'll take that all day. I, I like the Cowboys still just not as much as I liked before that Tyron Smith. Is. Sold. Yeah, by the way, before you uh, get to come to know this, I just want to let you know, uh, Schwabi, that uh, Dave Ross, huge Cowboys fan here. Uh, the one thing he forgot <laughs> to mention when he said he had them fifth in his power rankings, uh-huh. he meant for the NFC East. And that's how he's, uh, I mean, listen, I, I don't disagree with you. I actually think the Cowboys are going to win the East. Frank, I want to switch gears a little bit. I respect your knowledge on college football. Two things. First of all, tell me how you think Bucky Badger does this year. Mm. Still a very winnable Western division there. I still think it's going to be very competitive. And then the game in Columbus between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Now the line sitting at about 17 and a half. I just think it's probably too many points for the Buckeyes to lay against a team like Notre Dame. Yeah, I'll go with that one first. I again, you give yeah, you give me a quality team like Notre Dame, seventeen and a half. I you almost got to take that. Ohio State's great; they're going to be in the playoff. Everybody knows that. But seventeen and a half, that's that's a lot of points against a good team like Notre Dame. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on Notre Dame there. As far as Wisconsin goes, my alma mater, I think it's going to be a typical Wisconsin team. Good, not great. They're probably going to get pounded in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. I do think they're the best team out West. We already saw Nebraska do a face play. I mean, the West is just not good. Like, we, we know that. Like, it's it's Minnesota's just, uh, they are what they are, and, and Nebraska's not going to be any better because Scott Frost is still their coach. So, yeah, I, I like Wisconsin. They're going to be, you know, the typical... Nine, ten wins, go to a decent bowl, compete there. It's it's just it's the same thing over and over. There, there's just a ceiling with Wisconsin. They're not going to be better than top fifteen in the nation, except for random spike years. I don't think this is one of those spike years where they get in the top ten or anything. But they're going to be good enough to probably win the West because <laughs> the rest of the West is pretty much a clown show at this point, especially <laughs> out in Nebraska. I could, I mention Nebraska again, because I just love uh, dunking <laughs> on their fans. Like their fans think it's like 1995 and they're still an elite program. And you're going over losing to Northwestern in the opener. I love it. Hey, listen, he went with the best team I've ever seen. Not the, the most talented, the best team ever. They won every game by 14 points that oh, year. Yeah. They beat number two, Florida by only 48 or 38. 
But Ooh, Tommy Frazier, man. Yeah. Tommy oh, Frazier. Unbelievable. Oh, okay. I still see him running down the sideline, right? Yep. And nobody could catch him. Uh, Frank, very quickly, to that point about Wisconsin. So I see the total at eight and a half. Now it's juiced to the over at minus $1.45. But I'm with you when I look at the schedule. That feels like an overplay, does it not? Yeah, barely. And I'm not <laughs> saying they're going to cruise past it. But, yes, injuries willing. I don't see any real big pitfalls on this schedule like at Ohio State. Yeah, they're going to take an L there. But which other games are just automatic losses here? I think they can win at Iowa. They might not, but it's a it's probably a closer to coin flip. And they're going to win at Nebraska because Nebraska stinks. And, uh, you know, I mean, which of these really which of these games are you just like they can't win that game? There are probably a couple losses in here. Uh, other than the Ohio State game, but probably not three other. I, I, I just can't see them losing four. I, I think they've got to navigate. Okay, let's assume they lose in Columbus. At Michigan State, um, at Iowa, Minnesota and Purdue at home, those are the two games. But how many people really go to Camp Randall? I still remember when I went to Camp Randall for 2003, that game when Lee Evans and company, he beat Chris Gamble uh, yeah. in the rain, 17-10. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. And we went up there defending yeah. national champs. I'm like, let's go to the game. And man, I don't want to go back to Wisconsin anytime soon, but still <laughs> jump around in the third quarter, the best thing in college football. Best. I mean, I was just, I may or may not have been watching the jump around from last year's season opener <laughs> before I came on. Maybe not. I, I can't confirm or deny, but yes, if you've never been to a game at Camp Randall, go. It's amazing. And it's hard for, it's hard for road teams to come in there. That's a great crowd. Yeah. And they always just, they're a solid program. They're solid every single year. And it frustrates me a little bit that they can't get above solid, but Hey, I, I'll take nine, 10 wins every year. I love it. Uh, Frank really appreciate the time again. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab does a great job at uh, NFL and sports betting for Yahoo sports. Frank, enjoy week one in earnest of college football. We'll do. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frank. And I'm also loving the fact that he loves those Cowboys on Sunday night. It's all I, I don't need a whole lot to get pointed in that direction. It, he's helped. a really good follow. He knows what he's doing, and he's objective. When we come back, we're going to talk more college football coming up in week number one. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com. Just check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets or where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back alongside of Shaw, I am Dave Ross. We roll on on Big Bets here on a Thursday. Great having Frank Schwab on in the last segment. Talk some NFL, talk some college football as well. I want to talk more college with you, sir, as we get closer and closer to Saturday. So we got games to whet the appetite tonight. We got the big showdown in ODU and Virginia Tech tomorrow. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I'm going to get used to me interrupting. It's a bad flaw. I, I have don't mind. It doesn't the, uh, bother me in this. I got to tell you right now, forget, there's, there's no, like, this is not an appetizer, okay? Oh. You you just, if you are in Knoxville, Nashville, any part of the, uh, you know, that part of the country, you get a little John Ward. It's football time in Tennessee. I can't wait. It's one of the best intros in college football. And we got a hell of a game tonight in West Lafayette between Purdue and Penn State. This, to me, honestly, is one of the top five games of the weekend. Woo. By the way, I, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University. The no, Rams. Yeah, no, no football team. That's all right. You had a hell of a defender in uh, Weber there. It led the NCAA in steals. Yeah, so years ago, when I was a, when I wore a younger man's <laughs> clothes, I went to our president of the university because to me, as a college kid, what was important was not having college football. So I went to the president, sought after, out a meeting with said president, and he's a. I think he said his daughter went to Notre Dame. He went to Ohio State. And I said, why don't we, Dr. Eugene Trani, 
why don't we have college football on campus? He says, as long as I'm the chancellor of this university, we won't have college football. I said, great. End of meeting. And then I used to just drive up to Blacksburg or Charlottesville and watch college football. Because that's what we want college football. So to your point, it is a huge deal on these campuses. But you say top five game is Purdue tonight against Penn State. Yeah, absolutely. From a close competitive matchup standpoint, that's going to be fun to watch, entertaining, and and just a good game. I mean, look, Tennessee's going to play Ball State. I'll be tuned into that game as soon as it kicks off. I want to see Hendon Hooker. I want to see Heupel's offense. But the reality of it is that's going to be a one-sided game. You're going to be interested in the game if you are – if you have a bet on the game, if you're a volunteer fan, maybe if you're you want to watch Ball State get back in action. But for me, I love college football. I just look forward to watching them play. Um, but the best game tonight and coming into the weekend, it, it's in my opinion one of the top five games of the weekend. By the way, if Old Dominion had football back when I was going to college, mm-hmm. they didn't have it then. I probably would have gone to ODU. That's how much I love football. Uh, yes, it does matter to kids. Certainly me. Rutgers against uh, Boston College, Chestnut Hill, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. on Saturday. Are you ready for our uh, a.m., by the way, early at Chestnut Hill? So you got to get up early, certainly out here in the desert, if you want to watch that game as it's happening live. What do you make of Rutgers, Scarlet Knights here, going on the road to take on the boys at Chestnut Hill? Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for this team. That, that's the area of concern I have when you look at this Rutgers team is how good can they be on the road? Greg Shiana's teams, mm-hmm. he may not be saying it like he used to, chopping wood, uh, but a good opportunity for this team right now in a matchup against a BC team. Uh, some question marks on the offensive line, always a concern, but Boston College historically has done well there. Uh, I think the Scarlet Knights team can be pretty good. Ooh. A name to keep an eye out for. When I say pretty good, meaning from a competitive standpoint. Well, so you're getting seven on the road, right? Yeah, yeah I think total the, of 48. Yeah, this is an interesting number here. I would probably look at the dog first in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold. I'm not a big-time fan of Noah Vedrill, the quarterback there for the Scarlet Knights. But I'll tell you a name to keep an eye out for. It can be dangerous on special teams and also at the receiver position. Aaron Crookshank is tremendous. Um, really can do a variety of different things for this Rutgers team. I want to go to the other side. Phil Jerkovic's a very solid quarterback. Yes. But there's a guy named Zay Flowers. If he played for Alabama, Ohio State, USC, he'd be in contention for the Bolitnikoff. Whoa. This guy is a tremendous slot receiver. He's tough to tackle in a phone booth. I think he's just underrated criminally because he's at Chestnut Hill. This guy can play. He can do so many different things for you. Keep an eye out for him if you haven't seen him play. What a fun guy to watch play. Uh, very interesting. Again, you see that low total 48. You're expecting a lot of running of the football between these two teams. But let's see if BC might have an advantage in the air if they decide to go that route. Yeah, I'll tell you, Jeff Halfway, their head coach, does a tremendous job with clock management. Uh, Chiano, not bad either. Uh, to me, it's going to come down to can both of these teams prevent themselves from having crucial turnovers. If they do that, uh, this game should fall in this range close to the number. Uh, look, I have to tell you, Dave, I want to see a lot of these teams, and part of this is because of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So many guys are transferring, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday, saying, you know, 10 years ago, there'd be games on opening day you'd love as much as any game in the entire season. Now you're like, pass. Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, again, I think that's for something. This is a different era of college football to Amal's point here with the transfer portal. You do not, If you do not like where these numbers sit right now, you can wait, observe, See what you see either in-game and or down the line for the season uh, and get a better feel for these teams. Because I think it's an excellent point. You had a better read when kids couldn't go anywhere. 
Now they can all go, and they do. They're utilizing this transfer portal, so maybe that's something to look out here early in the season. Uh, my Rams of ECU don't have football. The Rams of Colorado State do. They're going to be going <laughs> to Michigan to Great the big segue, house buddy. to take on Jim Harbaugh. You know, Harbs now, not that they're the hunted, because Ohio State's still the hunted, even though Michigan won the Big Ten last year. But look at this number, 31. So they're expecting now in Ann Arbor – that it's not uh, it's it's reload time, right? We we don't just take a year off here for for Big Blue. They're expecting big things. What do you make of Michigan in this big number against the Rams? Let's start very quickly from the Colorado State. Sorry, three and nine last year. Mm-hmm. This team really struggled. That's going to be a real challenge for them going forward in terms of how good are they going to be overall in this season. That remains to be seen. Uh, Jay Norvell comes in from Nevada. He brings in Clay Millen, a backup quarterback. Uh, that is going to have an opportunity to really get the start here. Norvell did a good job in Reno. How effective will they be here remains to be seen. From the Michigan side, uh, you've got two quarterbacks, McNamara and McCarthy. McNamara is going to get the start in this one. I'll tell you what I don't like. What Harbaugh did, and I get it from a selfish standpoint, he didn't want to name a starter, and even though it was a close race, because he didn't want the other guy transferring. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to give both guys an opportunity to get some starts here in the next two weeks. Yeah, McCarthy's going to get the start week two against Nevada. It's exactly right. Um, But for me, when I look at this Wolverines team, huge addition last year. Remember Ronnie Bell scores a 75-yard touchdown pass against Western Michigan? His only catch of the year goes for 75 to the house. Then he has a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. He's back. He's going to be a tremendous addition for them. He's got the ability and the talent to be an all-league guy. The question for me is how effective is Blake Corum without Hassan Haskins? I thought Haskins was the bell cow for this team last year. Good offensive line, still very good. Not to me, look, they're not as elite as the 90s Michigan Wolverines where you go back to the Jake Long days and some of the other guys that have played there. But uh, I think this team could be dangerous defensively. they got to replace some pieces. That's an area of concern when you look at it from a Wolverine standpoint. Uh, McDonald now moves on to uh, the Baltimore Ravens as a defensive coordinator. Josh Gaddis is down in Miami mm-hmm. with um, the new coach from Oregon. Who's, who's the Oregon? Cristobal. Thank you. Um, Cristobal down in South Florida. So a couple of replacements there. I think Michigan's looking at a 10-2, and 11-1 type of season. I don't think they're going to win in Columbus, and they're not going to be able to opt out this year, so they'll have to take that L. But the reality <laughs> of it is, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, bet, I bet Michigan, when they went down to Columbus a few years ago, and Haskins let them up for 62. My goodness, remember that game like it was yesterday. Very, I'm so glad you brought up, though, Michigan's potential win total mm-hmm. because you'll find out quickly. I do carry water for Jim Harbs. I love the fighting Harbs up there in Ann Arbor. So You're an I anti-Pete just, Carroll guy, huh? So what's your deal? No, what's your deal? <laughs> so now you look at Michigan and the win total is nine and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it is juicy to the over at minus dollar 40, but you said you only see potentially two losses. The one that's glaring is the last game of the year at the shoe. They're going to be big dogs there. I mean, barring something we don't see with Ohio state, they're probably going to be double digits uh, underdog at, at the shoe. So where else lies the danger? Would it be at Iowa? Would it be, Look, they struggled to beat Michigan State. That's still a problem for Harbaugh, even though he beat Ohio State. Couldn't beat Michigan State last year. Where else would be the second potential loss? Uh, to me, there's three traps. Let's assume for a second the Ohio State game's a loss. So you've got yep. to win uh, 10 games out of the next uh, 11, right? You've got, yes, 10 okay. out of the next 11. And I, I have seen a million teams go to Kinnick Stadium and come out with an L. It mm. is so hard going into Iowa City. They've got a good defense. The offense is always... It's a tractor pull for them. But the reality of it is watch out at Iowa. You get Penn State at home. I think they're going to take care of business against Penn State. They have done very, very well against Penn State now for a long time. Then they get a bye. 
They get Michigan State in Ann Arbor, the revenge game, on a horrific call that went against them last year oh on a sack fumble that should have been a touchdown. Yep. The Wolverines really should have finished the regular season undefeated. I think they're going to take care of business against Michigan State. I don't see this Wolverines team dropping three games. I really don't. Even if they lose in Iowa City, I think they navigate Penn State and they navigate Michigan State. Everyone else, I mean, this is a team that beat Rutgers 78-0 in Piscataway. Um, you know, they, they can score. They're going to take care of business against Nebraska and the Illini. I, and they, I ju- they housed Iowa in the Big Big Ten Championship last year. That's a great point. Um, I, I just don't see three losses for the Wolverines. Yeah, it's a great point because, again, the problem is if you bet the over juice to get dollar forty, and you do pencil in that L at Ohio State, you can only slip up one more time. That's yeah. the problem with the schedule if you play the over for the Wolverines. But I'll be, I'll be rooting for Coach Harbs. Up there, you know, drinks that uh, milk and drinks eats a lot of steak. I actually was a fan of Captain Comeback when he played. So was I. Uh, let's get through more of the college football slate when you come back with us here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now is the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football betting guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, divisional finishes, and player awards. Sign up early, and for a discount of $175, you receive both guides and full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or you can join us for just $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to offer to help up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside of Shaw, I am Dave Ross. This is Big Bets here on VEASAN. Sometimes I wish, Kelly, they just rolled the camera uh, during the break. Because some of the things that Amal says, I just they should be broadcast. That's at for all the times. decent plus plus subscription. That's the okay. plus plus. Yeah, yeah. you got to pay pay extra extra for that one. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about you know some of the coaches in college football, and certainly I have an affinity, as I mentioned in the last segment, for Jim Harbaugh. But I look at the coach down in Georgia. Yep. They are the reigning defending national champs, and kind of like Harbs being overlooked as Ohio State is the team you got to beat. Now it feels like already. Georgia takes a backseat to Alabama when everybody looks at the upcoming season. Now, I get it. Georgia's got a big matchup against their former D.C. and Dan Lanning in Oregon on Saturday. But you think that Georgia maybe is being slighted a little bit in these uh, preseason polls? Well, so here's the thing. I, I don't know if they're necessarily being slighted. I just have a personal theory that if you are the national champion, and if the entire team, if Kirby took the entire team and they transferred mm. to Georgia Tech, you should, and if it's, if it's a intramural team playing from Sigma Chi for the Bulldogs, they should still be preseason number one. Wow. You, if you are the defending national champion in my book, until you lose, you should always be number one. Even though the kids are different. That's going to be the argument, right? That, that we're doing this based on the kids that we know Correct. are there this year. So that's why you see Bama plus $1.75 yeah. to win the title. Georgia, 4-1 to one to repeat. Yeah, absolutely. I, look, I think they're getting such short odds because – I think the reality is there's about four teams that are going to compete. I think the dogs get into the playoff, uh, depending on how things shake out with Utah, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I like this team. I don't love it, um, but they're still probably going to go 11-1 and 12-0. and uh, You can get a good plus-money price on Utah – I'm sorry, on uh, Georgia. Over 11.5 wins, I saw I, I a plus around 140 or so. Okay. 
I think the schedule is very manageable. However, I don't know if this game is going to be the slam dunk. The way Nick Saban and company took care of business against Miami last year, I don't see Georgia dismantling Oregon that way. You've got Bo Nix, the Auburn transfer, coming in here. Tremendous mobility, great athlete at the quarterback position, can really present some problems. Uh, the big question mark for me in this game is who's going to be the guy that steps up a tailback for Oregon? That's that's my area of concern when I look at this team. Byron Cardwell can be effective there. You've got a couple of transfers in there. Noah Whitting, Whittington in as well. I like Sean Dollars, but it doesn't. I don't know if he's necessarily going to get enough run. We'll see what happens. Defensively, watch out for two uh, linebackers for this Oregon team. Justin Flo is a name you may be familiar with. Mm. And then the other one, Noah Sewell, his brother Panay Sewell, yeah. obviously Detroit Lion, uh, high draft pick there. But I think this team in Oregon, if they play competitively well, I think it means a lot for the Pac-12, but I think it also will help Oregon as they go forward in league play because UCLA, Utah, and USC, along with the Ducks, are going to be the four challengers for the Pac-12 title. And remember this year, they are taking the top two teams regardless of division, so that's how it's going to play out. Um, I'm leaning towards the Ducks in 17 here, Dave. Uh, very quickly, when we showed you those numbers here for the college football playoff and who might win and, and uh, hoist up that national championship at the end of the year, does Georgia get a a one game bye, if you will, that they can lose potentially to just Alabama and still get in? Or could it look we saw Alabama lose to AM and should have lost the Iron Bowl and they still got in. So like what's the what's the threshold before you bet those futures to win the title? You got to think about the pathway to get to the final four of college football. Great question. You just remind me of Tank Bigsby not going on a bounce in that oh. ar- in the Iron Bowl. Still bothers me to this day. I, Auburn wins the Iron Bowl if he goes out of bounds, Absolutely. but I, if he stays in, in bounds, excuse me. Um, in terms of Georgia, you're absolutely right. If Utah, who plays in Gainesville in the swamp, which is going to be a terrific matchup, they're 50 to one, by the way. Yeah, if they, I don't think they can win the national title, but I think they can get to the playoff because they get USC at home. They do have to go to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA. That is before they play the Trojans the week before. I think on October 8th, they play at the Rose Bowl. October 15th, they host USC. If they can navigate those games, I think they're going to be able to beat Oregon. And then you got to win the Pac-12 championship. If they run the table, they're getting in, obviously. But it uh, depends on if Utah drops one game, if they were to go 11-1 and win their league, go 12-1, if Georgia lost to Alabama, then I think it becomes more difficult. But Georgia will have that potential to have the margin of losing to Alabama. I, I firmly believe the Crimson Tide are winning the SEC. Minus 140 to me is still a good price on them to win the league. It's gone up from minus 125, which was earlier this summer. They have a slight razor-thin margin. I think Clemson's going to be 11-1 and at worst. I think they probably go 12-0. and Okay, again, this is such a bigger conversation that we're going to have throughout the year here mm-hmm. on Big Bets, but I love it. Because what it does is we're finding you pathways, people, before you make those future wagers on who can win the whole thing. you got to get there first, right? So Utah has their opportunity, and they're three-point favorites right now in the Swamp this weekend. Yeah. Okay, where they can go, hey, if we run the table and we beat SC and we beat Florida at their house and beat maybe a good UCLA team and a good Oregon team, is that good enough to guarantee that Utah can say right now, Utah backers, that as long as we take care of our business, we don't have to worry about the committee. The schedule should be good enough that we get into the Final Four and have the opportunity at 50-1 to to cash that ticket. I firmly believe it is. And by taking this trip to Gainesville, they have now just played 
the same number or one-third of the number of games that Nick Saban will have played on the road non-conference. There we go. Nick Saban has played two non-conference road games during his tenure. <laughs> this guy perpetrates one of the great frauds of all time. I'm not saying he's not a great coach and they haven't had an elite, elite program. Obviously, we know that. They've been the best program in college football for 10 years. But the fact that they don't man up and go play people, that's why I always respected LSU. Georgia went to Arizona State many moons ago and played when Mark Rick was the coach there. Those two teams, they're like, hey, we'll go and play you guys. Um, you know, there were always these neutral sites. And you know what he did such a great job? He'd always get a team, like, when they're going down. Yeah. You know, right time Descending. to get them. Exactly. So you're telling, by the way, the checks in the mail, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> he probably loves the. He would love to hear what you just had to say about Bam. Any shots at saving right now? They're loving that down there at College Station. So we, with all that being said, and now Utah is going to lay three in the road at the Swamp yep. as we break down this game. So, like, I think what we've just done is kind of laid it out that it's there for the taking for, for the Utes, right? They have the opportunity that we're going to – remember, Cincinnati got the college football playoff last year on the heels of one big win yep. at Notre Dame. Correct. Right? So, if Utah can take care of business against a middle-of-the-pack SEC school and then everybody else in the Pac-12, they should make their case to be in. I would agree with you. I think with Billy Napier, there'll be new blood there at Florida. It'll be interesting to see. Anthony Richardson is a uh, terrific quarterback. He's going to be probably a first-round pick. This is a Utah team that got off to a bit of a slow start, lost to BYU, no shame in losing in Pro Bowl no. to Sataki's team, and then lost an overtime game where Charlie Brewer, who you referenced, by the way, you stumped me on that one when you said he transferred to Liberty. <laughs> How about that? That was a good call third, by you. Third starting spot for Charlie Brewer. And then this team started to find themselves a little bit. They win six in a row, lose the Rose Bowl to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Look, you had a historically great performance by Jackson Smith and Jigba and C.J. Stroud, so no shame in that with this Utes team. I think this is a dangerous team. I love Whittingham. He's a really, really good coach. Um, you've got Cam Rising back under center. Eight starters back on this offense. The question mark is you lose Devin Lloyd on that defense. He was a key cog at the linebacker position. Uh, but I, I think overall this team's going to be really dangerous. Clark Phillips, to me, the sophomore cornerback, keep an eye out for him. He is going to be a guy who's going to be up for the Thorpe Award. He is tremendous. Can Florida play well against a physical, physical Utah team? There's one thing. Make no mistake about it. This team will not be intimidated by the physicality of the Gators here. Utah will come out and try and punch them right in the mouth from yeah. the jump. Uh, by the way, I, I saw our producer, Kelly Bidlin, uh, behind the glass. He, like, <laughs> he literally I, recoiled. I so I know something's going on. I don't know what. Woj bomb. Oh, no. Go what ahead. do you got, Kelly? Donovan Mitchell off to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, is LeBron going there too, or just the Spider Man? <laughs> just Donovan Mitchell right now. That, that is, is a from Woj. Nothing in return yet. No details on. Okay, that. so we and Kelly. By the way, you we talked about this with the R.J. Barrett signing in New York on Tuesday. Kind of gave them a 24-hour window if they're going to make a deal for Donovan Mitchell. We talked about the Utah Jazz price, and I believe 29 and a half because they were anticipating that he gone. <laughs> Stifle Tower's gone, and now like, they can't fight anymore. Donovan Mitchell's gone. What do you think? What is Utah doing? Why are we? This was not a building block. This is like just a guy now. He's just a jag, as they say, just another guy. Well, um, I don't. Depends on how you define a building block. I think Donovan Mitchell is a solid number two or a good number two. But not a number one. No, no. Oh, are you kidding me? So who's the one in Cleveland? He's an elite scorer. He's uh, the lead scorer in the NBA. Out, outside of that, as you said yesterday, Ball, he's on the small end for a guard. He's an elite scorer. He doesn't provide much else beyond that. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, you know, Mobley's a good young player who's going to develop, had a great rookie year. Um, 
You look at uh, who's the kid there? They got Dar- Darius, Darius Garland. Garland. Yeah, he's done a really nice so job. They, they've got pieces. Jared Allen. They got Jared a lot Allen. of pieces. They've got they some got pieces, pieces yeah. but he's supposed to be the alpha, right? I mean, we're looking at Donovan Mitchell saying he's going to be the one. He's going to be the A dog. Well, let's talk about this when we get back. All right, we'll talk more about that. Come on back. Much more to get to here on Big Bets on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win is brewing. Play free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of 41000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite to get in on all the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less billing, 21 or older, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details, and please celebrate responsibly. Love me a good Miller Lite here and there. I know you don't drink. Uh, I'm also, I do want to get back to that big trade, but first, there is other breaking news going on. Not good news for the number one seed from a year ago in the AFC. That would be the Tennessee Titans. Harold Landry suffered a torn ACL in practice. I am not a doctor, nor will I play one. That is not good news for one of their most trusted uh, pass rushers that they have. And remember, this is already a team we were expecting regression on, yeah. obviously from the one seed a year ago. Boy, this is not the way you want to go out a week before the start of the season. Yeah, uh, you really feel bad if any player gets injured. But if you've got Indianapolis, you really are feeling good when a guy who's had 31 sacks in his career just signed, uh, Stephanie mentioned to us here during the break, he just signed a five-year deal for about $87 million. Mm. That's a huge uh, you know, blow if you're looking at it from a Tennessee defensive standpoint. Week one, they have the Giants. I've been wanting to play Tennessee in some survivor pools out there. This gives me a little bit of pause and why I don't lock in all of those bets before you see what that 53 is going to look like. Do not anticipate that he's going to be there, certainly for week one or maybe at any time in this regular season. We were talking about the big news in the NBA, and that is Donovan Mitchell has a new home now, and it is in Cleveland, Ohio, as the Jazz have uh, exited stage left and said his services are no longer required in Salt Lake City. When you look at Cleveland, and I know Kelly Bidwin is trying to pound that playoff button for the Cavs to make it. I got in on one, Dave. Did you? Okay, I got, got in on one. Got some plus money. Minus, no, no, minus 135. Okay, minus 135. But the point is, is that it does feel like a good young roster. And again, depending on how you feel what Donovan Mitchell is or will be, he is clearly, if he's not elite, he's on that other echelon, that really good echelon of NBA player. Right, and maybe Utah. That's why they dumped him. They thought he wasn't going to take that next step to elite. How do you view Cleveland, and how does Donovan Mitchell fit in with all these other pieces? Well, I think now they're a team that can contend for you know a number five or number six spot in the Eastern Conference. I think he's a top twenty-five player in the NBA. Uh, I just don't think there's enough ones to go around. I, I don't know he's a guy that can carry you past the second round. Mm. You know, you look at him, he's inconsistent at the time. I thought Kelly broke it down properly. He's a good score from the guard position, but he's undersized. There can be some issues there potentially with him. And, um, you know, to me, I, I'm just not ready to back Cleveland with him going in there. I think they'll be more effective. But you still have to go through Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn. Uh, those are the te- three teams in front of you that are always going to be tough to beat. Um, so from that standpoint, it, it doesn't get me as excited as maybe it does some other people. In the NBA, I, I think part of the problem is you've got a half a dozen guys that can lead you to a title. And you've got to have one of those guys, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, yes. LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Giannis, uh, you know, one of those level players. Um, if you don't have one of those guys, I, I think it's really, really difficult to win 16 games out of 28 in the postseason. I t- will tell you this, which is interesting. You can get Cleveland right now to win the Central. It's at plus 380 here at DraftKings as I'm looking at the screen moves. And they are moving, by the way. Milwaukee's still the big favorite 
you're laying three to one uh, to win that division with this news of Donovan Mitchell going there. But, you know, Kelly got that price. I think it's a good price for them to make the playoffs. They were a playoff team last year without Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah. And so I look at Cleveland here. Uh, the odds are off right now to win the Eastern Conference. They are 30 to one to win the whole thing. I'm with you. They're not a chip team. I wouldn't put them in that long shot category. But they might be live as now the second betting favorite to win the Central. So DraftKings already adjusting that number down, down to thirty to one to win the championship. Yes. Uh, details back. So what they're the Cavs are trading Colin Sexton, Lori Market, and O'Shea Ogbaji in three first round picks, two first round pick swaps to the Jazz in return for Donovan Mitchell. Okay. So they it's it's a it's a pretty good haul for Utah. It is a good haul of, of you know, boy, you thought, you thought the world of Colin Sexton coming out of Alabama didn't exactly work out there. They've got yeah. a lot of guards. We mentioned Darius Garland. Yeah. They've been drafting guards there in Cleveland. Now they get another one in Donovan Mitchell. And maybe, again, as you mentioned, a top 25 guy. That is a significant move. So you see why those numbers are adjusting literally as we speak with the news of that coming down that Donovan Mitchell is now, in fact, in Cleveland. Very quickly, the flip side, uh, you know, Kelly just gave us a rundown of the younger players that Utah is going to get and some of those draft picks here. Well, what are they doing? What, what's, is it just, we're dumping it? Look, as high as a one seed in the West, right? And yet could never really do anything in the second season, which is the most important one. Is it because they tried it, and now we're going to tear it all down because it didn't work? I give Danny Ainge a ton of credit because I think he realized we can't beat Phoenix, we can't beat Golden State, a potentially healthy Laker team in the playoffs with the way we're constructed. He's going to go get all these picks, and then you got to hope you hit on them. And if you do, you got a great shot to be able to come through this thing, but remains to be seen what happens. Um, but long-term, Utah, I think they're taking the right step or step in the right direction. Uh, it's what Amal said earlier. You got to have one of those guys if you're going to win a championship in the NBA, right? They tried it. They tried it with Donovan Mitchell uh, and uh, Gobert there. It didn't work out. Now you're loading up on all these picks, and it's for one name. It's Victor Webanyama, the guy, the international guy from France, mm-hmm. seven foot two, who can shoot from three like crazy. Dave, that's what they're doing. You're going to see. You're going to see tanking this year in the NBA like you haven't seen in a long time because he's an elite European talent that all these teams are going to be chasing after. Hope you got the number at 29 and a half. If you wanted to bet the under, we talked about this two days ago with that news of R.J. Barrett in New York because right now it's off the board. Their win total in Utah is off the board with this news today. So, Kelly, I think they, they felt you trying to hammer oh, yeah. some things on that, on that thing. So, wait, we're going to take everything off the board here because, again, Utah looks like you hate to use the T word, but they might be tanking exactly with what Kelly just laid out. Well, I think it's pretty uh, crystal clear here. It's just a matter of how effective it is in terms of their tanking. But really, it comes down to what Kelly said. In the draft that you have all these first-round picks, Mm -hmm. who's available? You look historically in the NBA draft. Now, Donovan was a little bit later of a pick compared to where a lot of the elite players are drafted. Um, But if you don't have somebody in those top five picks that's just a game-changer, it doesn't really matter. Yep, totally agree. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out for those two cities. But certainly there is some hope today in Cleveland after the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. I do want to get back to the United States Open and what you're seeing today. And if you have any plays tonight, I don't know if you've made any already. But I, I want to talk about Serena before we end, end the program today. Because I've seen now, I believe, 12-1 to 1 is where she is now in the betting market to win at Flushing Meadows. Does it change your opinion after what you saw last night with Serena? 
Well, first of all, six of the, I think the 14 seeds are out, uh, top 14. So it's opening up. Yeah, I, I will say one thing. The more court time she gets, and she's got a double doubles match with Venus tonight in prime time, the more she plays, the better her chances are. Look, the reason why I disagreed with you on her being the GOAT is because it just goes, it's an indictment of how poor the level of competition right now on the women's side is. And that, that's why I said that. But I think she's got a great opportunity to make a push. I'll tell you the name to keep an eye out for at 16 to 1 and has won this tournament. Bianca Andrescu. She she is coming on. She's playing well. She dismantled uh Haddad Maya yesterday, who's really had a tremendous year. So watch out for her. I think she could be really dangerous. Serena, obviously, with a good draw. She's got an opportunity to go deep. The deeper she goes, the more it's going to favor her just simply because the next matchup, Ilya Tomlianovich, the Australian. Um, she's a little bit inconsistent. Serena should be able to get through that match. So I, I know you're not making this uh, equation, but some would say if you go back in the history of heavyweight championship boxing, Larry Holmes once ruled the heavyweights yes. for about six, seven years, right? Larry Holmes is never considered one of the greatest heavyweights of all time because they're going to say the, era, the competition in his era just wasn't what it was now. For Like Serena's era is not as good as Christy and Martina and – the, the Steffi graphs that came wet, right? That's going to be the problem in that discussion? A, l- a little bit, but I think there's a tremendous amount of recency bias, right? You always hear the absurd statement that LeBron's better than Jordan. Uh, you know, you never hear that from anybody who saw both players play. <clears throat> I, he's not better than Jordan. I, I always say the best guy to ask on that, the definitive guy, is Ray Allen. He won a championship. He hit the shot in yeah. game six in Miami, and he had the greatest answer on Dan Patrick. He goes, Dan Patrick's kind of trying to like edge him on a little bit. He's like, egg him on. He's like, is it. Um, you know, how is LeBron? He goes, for me, he's, you know, he's top five. He goes, for me, it's Jordan all day. Well, let me just ask you a very simple question. Go ahead. If you had, who do you think is the GOAT? Steffi? Yes, I do. Okay. So if you had Steffi against Serena, what's the handicap? What, what's the number? They're playing on, they're going to play at, at United States. Well, that's not fair to Steffi. We put her in Flushing Meadows. So let's put her on a neutral court. Wimbledon? On grass. I'll Ooh, take Steffi. Give me, give, give me her minus 130. Listen, they're both tremendous players, and you're splitting hairs here, but she had to navigate against Navratilova, the end of Everett's career, Monica Sellis. Um, you know, th- these are all-time players. I think that's fair, though. That could be a, maybe a slight favor to Steffi on grass. Hard courts, I'm taking Serena. Uh, our pro tip this hour, again, we, we told you about the, the last one here. You can wait a little bit. You don't have to uh, hop in on those big spreads with Alabama's of the world. Yeah. So you can play maybe first half totals and maybe lay off the second half as well. Uh, a lot of fun. As always, I see Stormy and Matt are here. So they're coming up next. Thanks for watching VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.